The return of a favourite son inspires the boys to get over the line and keep our 2018 season alive. This is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, it's a big one, we'll be discussing our review of last Saturday night's amazing scenes at the SCG with the last gasp two-point win over Collingwood. The preview of the next game, another massive one. They keep on coming this Sunday against Melbourne at the MCG. And we have AD Horton, the host of another great Podular Media production, The Debrief, to preview that game with us. We've also got a very, very special guest joining us in the second segment, oh, which we're extremely not, excited about. It's not least stop, Nick stop, Blakey, stop, is it? Stop, stop, stop. Sit me down, sit me down, sit me down, sit me down. We, we will get to that. Uh, and of course, of course, we'll be chatting everything else, Sydney Swans as well. My name's Tom Flanagan. I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media Studio, as always, by Madison Clark and Ben Andrew. How are we, fellas? Last time we spoke on the show, we were pretty grumbly. But the announcement last Wednesday that AJ would play against the Pies completely flipped the mood on its head. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Tommy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mate, it could 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 it get any bigger? I mean, we were all hoping for this day, and uh, and it finally came on Saturday night. Absolutely huge for the True Bloods faithful. It's the biggest footy story of the decade, I reckon. What a time to be alive, Tom. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Honestly, footballing story of the decade. That's there's really no two ways about it. It's hard to argue there? it. Hard to argue. And then for the boys to rally in that at the beginning of that third quarter and really get themselves claw our way back into the game. Oh, well, great win. That, it, it was a, it was a bloods win. Oh, wasn't it? it? Wasn't it? It wasn't just a bloods win. It was do it for AJ. If we do not win that. I swear we don't win that game if AJ doesn't come back at halftime. We we're in a bad position. Seventeen points down. Similar to the Essendon game. Similar to the Gold Coast game. Similar to Geelong game. Just hanging in there. Just clinging onto the contest. And I feel like if it wasn't the AJ comeback game, heads might have dropped a little bit. We'll never know. But it could have been the same case as in previous weeks. But the boys, as you said, rallied for him. But he played just about his best game of the year. Well, since round one. Uh, he was the barometer, wasn't he? He, he was. And, and in the, sec- at the start so of that, and at the start of that second half, when we really needed something, he was the one who came out and hit it 100 miles an hour and kicked a couple of big goals. Yeah, one of which just on the, uh, on that non-preferred side for the left footer, give or take 55 out. And I turned to the lovely young lass next to me and I said, you watch, this isn't in doubt. She didn't believe me. But geez, she so, ate humble pie, let me tell you. <laughs> Look, lot, lot to take out from it, to be honest. I mean, we had our backs against the wall and, and we did it again. Jordan Dawson. Bang, bang. If you Does don't that mind. bloke not mind kicking a sausage roll from outside 50 on the run? Bit of development could turn into a, uh, a bit of an Isaac. What about style. the cl- wow. contested clunk? Huge. Massive clunk. The, co- the commentators were saying, "Well, Buddy's not out there, so who's going to stand up?" And literally ten seconds later, Jordan Jay Dawson. Dawson, huge love clunk. it, love it, huge, huge plus for us in the, in this back end of the year. Um, we're in the number thirty-four too. Yep, yep. No, it, considering where the morale was um, and how flat we all were after that Essendon game. Wednesday's announcement that Alex was going to play was the most perfect timing and the most desperately needed motivation for the club considering where we were yeah, after completely last week. Agree. No doubt. Completely agree. 
when we recorded last week's pod, all seemed pretty much lost. The consensus was fairly negative surrounding our 2018 campaign. But as soon as that announcement was made, suddenly results became far less important. And then the buzz around the return of AJ was just that perfect tonic tonic to uh, inspire the boys to play four-quarter footy, which is what we need to do in 2018 to win games. And it got our season back on track. We, We are still in it. And it's uh, because of the effort of the boys on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how about our back six again? Huge. Yep. God, Aaliyah. Just strength to strength. I'm waiting for him to run out of gas. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, Betty. He's reading it as well as he ever has and as well as anyone is at the game, in the game at the moment. Form player of the competition. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And great Dane. Great another, Dane. Another 11 marks, 10 intercepts for him. 28 touches. He was the leading possession getter on the ground. Yep. He's a key defender, boys. For God's sake. Phenomenal. And AJ did his bit too. He held Mason Cox to one goal. Yep. Uh, Your favourite been... player in the court. Mason has been in magnificent form this year. Just the one goal for him the other night. AJ just did a classic key defender's role and, and scrapped and fought and, and uh, didn't give anything easy to Mason. Georgie boy. George, the clearance king. How? Oh my God! How good was that tackle on Pendlebury? Yeah, you, never, like, you that, never see that. Orgasmic, <laughs> loved it. Oh, oh Tommy's <laughs> man, George, oh, going my to, boy, George, going to another level of uh, of Tommy's man. He's such... sweating. <laughs> good lord, she whiz and uh, finally we saw our boy. Two first names, Jakey Lloyd. Finally getting a couple of touches that weren't within five metres of the opposition goal no. line. And look at the damage that he did with them. Yeah, yep. it, was, it was terrific. Really effective. Pinpoint. Um, that's, what, that's what we need from Lloydy. If we're going to win any finals this year, we need that Lloydy. Correct. Correct. Yeah, look, all in all, you, you look at the game uh, as a whole, and it was uh, looking a little tricky for us at halftime. We'd, you know, we'd been there. We, com- we competed. We got a little lost in the second quarter, so I'm not going to go and I'm not going to call it a four quarter performance. But what we saw was that 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 drive. We saw the heart, the ticker. We saw that will for the contest. Yep, yep. There was a lot less fumbles come through the second half, which to me was kind of our undoing in the first. I, I just thought our forward entry. I mean, the first two goals Buddy kicked, they were hitting him on the chest, and he was mm. actually leading. That's something we haven't seen in a very long time. Mm. And that's, again, if you just, if they continue to play like that, the forward entry has been such a worry all year. And I just feel if they can maintain that style, we're going to make it very difficult for Melbourne on the weekend, that's for sure. Well, he's hoping. But this is the thing. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here because it's very easy to get carried away with that fantastic win. But that is the kind of football, that second half, those, those, those three quarters, three and a half quarters of fantastic football that we played, that is what we're capable of. And that is why, yes, we can stick it to the best in the, in the game. We can. We are so dangerous, but we have to make sure that it's not a flash in the pan. Yep. What, I, what I loved about that second half is it was almost a game of two halves within a half. That third quarter, we were dynamite, run and gun, um, just that, just that really um, ferocious ball movement yep. and running, uh, and then in the last quarter, it really turned into that persistent, committed contest to contest style as a unit sort of play to to get the job done. And I remember in the last couple of minutes, even when Hoskin and Elliot and Varco kicked those two goals close to the end to put them in front, as a collective, we just threw everything at that last five minutes. 
Like some huge efforts leading up to that McCartan goal from Papley and Franklin and Kennedy. And then after that goal in the last two minutes, there was just a massive tenacity around the ball, uh, real willingness to get everyone to get to the contest out number, crashing into the Pies players like 10-pin bowling balls. It was beautiful. It was classic Swans footy. I have absolutely no idea how we managed to get him back on the park but from a broken collarbone within four weeks. Oh, silly. But he... And he I made speak, such obviously, a difference. I speak only of the man... Jared McVay. Smooth. He, he made such a difference. He makes the biggest difference yeah. to our side. Yep. He, whether he gets, uh, whether he pulls in 26 disposals or not, he just his mindset and his direction out on the field, it's invaluable to us. 100%. Absolutely invaluable. 100%. 100%. He, the leadership. That's where it's at. That's it, in a word. Now, boys, I want to pose a question to you. Does that 17-point halftime deficit seem a bridge too far to cross without the motivation to win for AJ? Do you, uh, you, you know, it's a tough question to answer because the game's happened and it happened with AJ playing in it. But say he doesn't, it wasn't his comeback game. I, I, before the announcement, I saw no way for us to bounce back against a Collingwood side who was red hot. We'd lost to Gold Coast. We'd lost to Essendon. It looked tripe. Tommy, to, to be honest with you. <clears throat> um, I would hope that you are honest with this man. Uh, <laughs> Always. Um, Sam Newman's always had a thing on the footy show uh, that he doesn't believe in, in getting up for, you know, somebody's 100 games or somebody's 300 games. And I am actually in his corner on that. I, it's, it's a spark, but, I mean, as a football club and with, with the culture that our football club has around them, I think we should always be in a position where we're able to win even with a deficit like that. So I'm going to say, yes, you know, I'll, I'll back in the, the grit and determination of the group. I think um, it's it was within our reach. We were playing reasonable enough football to, to remain competitive and, and to, you know, bring that deficit down to zero, to be honest. Perhaps, perhaps the only worry is the thing that was probably our, our best asset on the weekend – we only won by two points, and Buddy kicks six four. Well, He's the most influential player on the ground. So this, this finding is... other avenues to goal. We got McCartan in the last minute, but generally throughout the night, finding other avenues was difficult. This brings me to my next point, and I don't want to be I don't want to be negative. Um, I don't, I don't think we were particularly negative last week, but I, I just want to keep a realistic lens on this because again, it was a situation where we've won a game through the individual brilliance of one of our superstars. And that's that's just a fact. Without with Buddy coming out and kicking six seemingly with no issue uh, and no... Um, As though he's training. Not, not being hampered. Yeah, yeah, not being hampered by this heel issue. Um, we've just got to remember that. And it needs to be a bigger spread of yeah, contributors. absolutely. And there's we've also got to remember, we've got to go to the G and play... The hard-running demons, yep. who are a very aggressive side, we'll have a chat with Adi about that later. We've got to then go to Spotless and play the informed giants, who have always been a very, very tricky. Yep, uh, I shouldn't say always, but as of late, they've been a very, very tricky matchup for us. Um, and they've just had the likes of Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy Cameron return, and then we've got to go. Toby Back Green. to the SCG. Toby Green's injured now. Yeah, Please. well, mm. yeah, potential strain. More right. on that later. Um, but then we have to return to the SCG to play... The old arch, foes. Yeah, our, our 
modern day arch nemesis. Grudge match. Yeah, literally. And make no mistake, they will have a point to prove. They are sitting fifth on the ladder. They have absolutely flown under the radar, Hawthorne. And they're actually playing very, very good football. They will, they will want us to knock, knock us out oh, of the finals in the last and we're, we're talking about uh, Tommy Mitchell. He's, come, he's, he's in form, as everyone knows. We've got Jaeger and Mira in form. You know, they're, they're a pretty formidable side. And you reckon Ben Stratton wants to have a go down in the back line? Bloody oath he does. Watch him. Yeah. Watch him. He is he's, one of the best, one of the, one of the, the best informed defenders in the club. Yeah, we talk about, moment. we talk about Alir being very yeah. much informed. I'd say Ben Stratton is right there with him. To uh, be 100%. And has been all year. So we're still in a position where we need to win two of those three games to make the eight. They're all, they're all tough games as we've just alluded to. Which ones are the most likely you reckon that we can pinch? This one coming yep. up. D's. Yeah. Yep. I reckon D's and GWS. Well, I, GWS yeah. now that we know that, you know, they played the last quarter with 16 men, essentially. Mm. Um, and that's going to... And still. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's no scary. <laughs> that's scary. But that's going to hamper them in the next couple of weeks. So that probably makes the GWS game a little bit easier than the Hawthorne game. How about, how about Kelly? Did you see his game? Yeah, he's a berserk man. Unbelievable. We'll uh, we'll touch a bit more on that uh, later on in the show. Yeah, in the tipping segment. Absolutely. We'll leave that for later. Um, yeah, just a fantastic performance by the boys to you know grit their teeth and and get through this one and get the four points. Did it for AJ as we said, but did it for the Swans. We needed that win just as much as we needed a win for AJ. We needed the win for our season to keep it alive. And um, for both of those reasons, great performance from the boys and full kudos to all of them for getting it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, move into our True Bloods votes, I reckon, for that game against the Pies, round 20 it was. I would have I mean, thought so. I would have thought so, Tommy. Yeah, and uh, the one vote uh, went to, to your man. man. Yeah, man, I was very, very excited about uh, his work on the excited weekend. Excited one word. Particularly that Pendlebury tackle, the best thing I've ever seen. George Hewitt, 25 disposals, 16 contested, 10 clearances, 5 tackles, 6 intercepts and 3 score involvements, a very balanced operator indeed. Two votes to Your man. my man, the great Dane. Oh, Dane. Dane Rampey, the leading possession getter on the ground. 20. 28 touches, if you don't mind, That's from outrageous. a key position player. Are ba- you kidding Bachman. me? Honestly, so uh, having a laugh. Absolutely having a laugh. And, I mean, talk about a season that the man's having. Talk about a season. I will be livid if he's not an All-Australian backman at this stage. I think he will be too. Uh, 28 disposals, 9 contested, 11 marks, 10 intercepts. 10. Berserk. Gun. 3 tackles, 2 clearances, and 3 score involvements. From a backman, not bad. Ramps. 2 votes. You're kidding. (sighs) 3 votes, Matt? 3 votes. The, for mine, Ben. For yours, Matt. The inform defender. In the league, for hours, I think. Uh, oh, defender, defender, or, or oh, I would, I would have actually just said everyone. He can do anything. Twenty-four disposals at eighty percent efficiency, twelve marks, 12. seven intercepts, six one percenters, two tackles, and three score involvements. I speak, of course, of Alir Alir. The rise and rise again of this man every week. It is absolutely outstanding seeing the way that this man's gone about it. Considering where he was at, in the early parts of the year, it's languishing in the kneeful, and we thought, well, where's this bloke at? But 
The Neffel, apparently. The Neffel. The Neffel, sorry, correction. Um, but, yeah, Alir, just an outstanding back end of the season, as you just touched on, just about the form player in the comp. By all means. He, he was on it. There is no... I said it before. There's not too many people in the league who are reading it. And when I say it, I mean the entire game, the way that Alir yeah. is at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Sees it very early in the air. Uh, four votes, Mads? Oh, the four votes. I'll, uh, I'll just bring this up again. Uh, 26 disposals at uh, 73% efficiency. Seven marks. Five intercepts. Five. Five intercepts. Three uh, rebound 50s. Seven inside 50s. And four score involvements. That is a pretty bloody well-rounded game from somebody who blo- broke his collarbone four weeks ago. Old-timer. I, sp- just... I speak, of course, of the John Farnham. To Farewell to a Jared McVeigh. Ageless. He's so good, Macca. Well, we he, said it before, his leadership and his presence is one thing, but then also to come out and deliver that, you can see why he pulls home, uh, pulls well, home I, four votes. I'm just, so glad he's back. He just gives us direction. Yeah. And, of course, five votes for the man. Well, it couldn't, couldn't be anyone else. Mm. It really couldn't. The big fella. He just he said, won, jump he won on the game my back. Off, he won the game off his own boot, yep. didn't he? Absolutely. Yep. And Performance of the champion. What? Come you on, boys. What? I'm going to get this game won for us, pretty and much. Of those, of those missed opportunities, he hit the post. He hit the yep. same post twice. Yep. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know what, what you got to do to get a goal sometimes, but he was most definitely on. The way that he was leading, marking, the way he was patrolling, uh, patrolling the 50 and isolating himself out against uh, the, the lesser... Darcy. I forget his name. No, not Darcy. After Darcy went off. Oh, he, the new bloke, yeah. Yeah, young American player. Yeah. He really just went after him and said, mate... You don't know it. You're in the wrong place. Yep. <laughs> you, you've showed up on the wrong day. Didn't he used to play NBL or something? No, whatever he did, it wasn't yeah. enough because yeah, Buddy so came off the field. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy's come off the field with 17 touches, nine marks, three contested. Three contested marks. It's not something he does too often. And how many of those marks are inside 50? Six of them. Six of them. Three oh. contested, six inside you 50. You just don't say that. And sense. keeping in mind, he had two, two or three shots from outside 50. Yep. Mm. So... What does that tell you? Uh, we're also looking at an intercept mark, five inside 50s. So, obviously, we, also, we always talk about how lethal he is. About the six tackles and the four oh, one percenters. It's just, what, what heel injury? What heel injury? <laughs> I don't know what they did this week. Cortisone, more than likely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would love to see a little bit more of it for next yeah, week if that's, sure if that's what worked. But it, it just, it was honestly, it was his game. It was a performance of an all-time champion power forward he just flexed his muscle he just said this is this is me i'm buddy this is what i do that's why he earns the big bucks and that's why he gets the five votes as well so one for hewitt two for rampy three for alia four for mcveigh and five for franklin which takes us into the leaderboard which still sees isaac Heaney, who didn't pull a vote this week with 39 votes three votes in front of josh kennedy on 36 he's three votes in front of lance franklin who's moved into third place on 33 votes parker 31 alia 24 alia's moved into fifth place ahead of sinclair with 23 votes sinclair. and then uh, Lloyd, McVeigh, Rampy, Ronk, Grundy, Hewitt, Haywood, Florent, Papley, Jones, Mills, Cunningham, and Smith to round it out. Pretty stiff to not get votes. Parker and Lloyd. Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd. Would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. And Dawson, I mean, we spoke about yep. his big clung. We spoke about his goal. Oh, I'd tell you what, he was, he was special, wasn't he? And AJ, uh, 11 marks at the back. How, how do you leave 
AJ out of the out of the votes too, blood. Oh, I mean, where's where's your romantic spirit going? Come ru- on, they're ruthless. They always have been. No, this year. He, he was genuinely stiff to miss because the role that he played on Mason Cox isn't necessarily the most glamorous, but uh, every time he went near the ball, you heard the crowd erupt. And uh, do you know what? We're going to be speaking to him after this break, I reckon. Yes, we are. That is the uh, the special guest that we're alluding to in the intro of tonight's podcast. We have live, uh, via the phone, we're going to have him on the line, Alex Johnson, straight after this break on True Bloods. You're listening to True Bloods the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. I'm sure at, at the stage he runs out on the ground, there, there'll be a few tears in, in people's eyes and, and certainly in mine um, because he has just provided us with so much um, over the last couple of years and I know from my perspective um, I'm just really proud of who he is, not just as a footballer but more importantly as a, as a person. His mental resilience is as strong as I've ever seen and um, his ability to put the setbacks to one side and keep focusing on the future um, has been at an incredibly high level. Yeah, he's someone that you look up to in terms of life I guess to, to know that things aren't that bad and you know you can always overcome things you know tough times you know last for a bit but you know strong people you know will always last and he's one of those guys and um, it'll be great to see him run out with the red and white uh, this year and uh, you know we'll be all there to cheer him on. Now on the True Bloods tonight we have a very special treat for the listeners for our very first interview with a Sydney Swans player and it's absolutely magnificent for us to have him on the line. It's the man of the moment, Alex Johnson. Thanks for being on the show, mate. We're absolutely delighted to have you on True Bloods. Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it doesn't get much bigger than this for our uh, for our first ever and how about player the, interview. How about the timing of it? Pretty oh. sensational. Yeah, last Saturday it was a pretty amazing night. 2,136 days and five knee reconstructions since your last game. Has it sunk in yet that you've done it and you've made a successful return to the AFL? Look, no, probably not. The last, you know, one or so has been an absolute whirlwind. Uh, John Lamar told me on Wednesday morning that I was going to take in a field against, against Collingwood on Saturday night. And it's, uh, you know, it's something that I've, I've thought of and dreamt of over the last five and a half years going through all those knee reconstructions and setbacks. So for it to actually, you know, come to fruition on Saturday night and to share it with family and friends was just outstanding. Uh, Alex, it's, uh, it's Mads here. Look, bloody thrilled that you're back as, uh, as we all are. Um, and it's obviously been a, a bloody long time since you've been out in the park. I mean, Lance Franklin was still at Hawthorne. Kurt Tippett was in Adelaide. Jake Lloyd and Dane Rampey hadn't even been drafted when you last played. Um, so you've seen the old guard move on and the young group we see now coming through. So we're big on, you know, the Bloods culture and everything here, Alex. What, what are the sort of the main differences you've seen in the way the club operates and the boys gel together since, um, since you had the boots on in 2012? Oh, look, the, the main thing is that it's probably a young group now. So I'm coming in as you know a 26-year-old, and there are guys a lot younger than me playing. And um, yeah, I'm probably one of the more mature heads out there. Obviously, not not playing for the last few years, but still played a bit of AFL and have a bit of experience. So I suppose that's a big difference. Whereas when I came in, 
I last played, you know, I was playing with the likes of, you know, Goodsy and Ryan O'Keefe. And yeah. Nick Malcheski, Ray Shaw. So all these guys are sort of directing me around, whereas it's, uh, I've, I've sort of come in and had to do a little bit of that on, a little bit of that on Saturday night, and I'm really, really happy and comfortable in those roles. Oh, great. Yeah, look, AJ, on the game itself, Collingwood were looking pretty sharp in the first half, but the boys fired up after half-time, five goals to nil in that third term, and a, uh, a nail-biting finish with uh, Tommy McCartan's goal, uh, keeping what was effectively the season alive. Um, what was the message from, from Horse at half-time? Because the boys certainly, as we said, came out all guns blazing. Yeah, look, I think we, we just sort of were, were allowing them to play the game they wanted to. I don't think our ball movement was right in the first half. And it was just a matter of getting back to that, getting back, you know, to dictating the game. And I think our third quarter was, was really good. We didn't hold ourselves up. We we took a few risks and just went a bit, bit quicker than we were in the first half. And it really paid off. And, you know, it helped with having Bud in a four line. And, you know, to end up kicking six on the night, it goes a long way to winning a game. And then obviously Tommy to... To you know, kick that goal out of absolutely nowhere was unbelievable, and to get home by two points, it was just an absolute dream ending to a return game. The crowd was pretty up and about on Saturday night as well. They made some serious noise every time you touched the ball. Was it pretty noticeable out there on the ground? And how have you felt about the outpouring of support from the Swans fans and the wider footy community in general? Yeah, the, the crowd was unbelievable. It was our biggest crowd of the year. I think just under forty thousand, so it was, it was pretty special to have that many people there. Um, in terms of the support I've had, it's just been overwhelming. Like, you know, since since news broke on Wednesday afternoon that you know I was going to make my return, uh, I think you know my phone went absolutely nuts, and I've probably received 400, 500 messages from from people, from people in the football community, from people in the wildlife community, and it's just it's just been absolutely amazing the support I've had. So That's huge. I'm really grateful for that, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it has been amazing. Um... Al, we uh, we pose a question to uh, to our followers on the True Bloods page, and one of them, Sergi Filipchenko, asked, "You changed your number to thirty four from thirty four to two. What was the reasoning behind this? Can you give us a bit of an idea about why that occurred?" Yeah, so yeah, I've never really thought about it before. I want to premise, and that was my number. I thought I'd probably stay with that for the rest of my career. But uh, one of my great mates, Ray Shaw, and when he decided to hang out the boots in 2015, he, you know, we went out and had lunch. And he sort of said, "You know, I'd, I'd love you to take over my number. You know, you haven't had great luck in the 34 in the last few years. I'd love, I'd love it if you took over number two and and wore that. And it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, great story. Taught me a lot my, That's ripping. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he taught me a lot in my first few years, so I was, I was really happy to." Uh, and, and just on Shorey, you've spent a bit of time with him as assistant coach with the NEFL side, and I'd imagine being unable to get on, out on the track and improve from a physical point of view would have been really frustrating. But I'd imagine in that time with alongside Reese, you would have improved your knowledge of the game. Is is there anything in particular that you can take from that experience to apply to your own return to senior footy? Well, I think speaking to a lot of people, they they wish that they had a year or two off in between their career, probably to, to look and. Look through a coach's eyes and see it from a from a different point of view, and I think that's been huge for me. I've seen it work really close with Sean. It's just been massive. I mean, there's nothing in particular that I've taken from it. It's just my whole view of the game has, has changed a lot in the last few years, and and that's because I've been you know in heat at the moment in in the coaching box, and I see it from from different angles now, and I think that'll you know hopefully help me playing. 
listen, AJ, Benny Cartwright, another one of the uh, the True Bloods faithful, wanted to know about the impact that Daniel Menzel uh, had uh, on your time in recovery, given that uh, he went through something quite similar. Yeah, he's been massive for me, uh, Dan. I, I sat down with him a few years ago now, I think, and we just, just had a chat. Just to sit down with someone who'd been through what he went through, went through four knee reconstructions and made a successful return back to the AFL and you know, he's playing some unbelievable footy for Geelong now. Um, it was really good just to be able to bounce ideas off him and kind of chat about little things and little thoughts that I'd have a, had over the journey. And there's been a few other guys as well that have, that have gone through similar things in the NFL that we all, you know, keep in touch a little bit. And, and those those guys and their support over the last week has, has been huge as well. They were one of the first to text me. I think of him and who was at Hawthorne and, and did a few times and he's now made a successful return from his third knee reconstruction and he's playing really good footy for Collingwood in the VFL. So, yeah, those two probably in particular that I've, I've uh, contacted and had a bit to do with over the last few years. And, and on Saturday night, we saw your parents, your brother and sister, your girlfriend and a big bunch of your mates were all there at the SCG to support you on Saturday night. They all would have been a great source of support for you in the past six years. I can imagine your return to the field was just as special for them as it was for you. Can you talk us through their influence on your journey? Yeah, look, I think... Uh, my mum has probably been the, the number one, my number one supporter. Um, you know, bringing at every surgery that I've had over the journey and, and those types of things, she's been huge for me. She's been a massive rock. And, and dad as well, and my brother and sister were there too. And, and then my girlfriend, you know, she's never seen me play a game of AFL. So it was, uh, I think she was more excited than I was when I told her the news on, on Wednesday morning. Um, but yeah, their, their support's been absolutely unbelievable. And they probably take the, the brunt of frustration and, setbacks and things more than I do I'm, I'm going through it so you can sort of deal with it whereas you know at, at times I was a lot more frustrated than I usually am and angry at the you know they're the ones that I probably took it out on so uh, I think you know it was just awesome to be able to celebrate with them and a bunch of my mates came up from Melbourne as well and uh, it was just huge in the rooms after the game to be able to come down and see them and you know really really special moments after the game to, to celebrate it with them. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I mean, if there's one thing you can sort of, you can sort of take out of a lot of your your footage after the game and, and what you're saying now, it's that there's been a lot of support and that uh, that has helped you get to where you are now. And as you know, from the the outcry from the Swans faithful and even greater still, the footballing fans of Australia, uh, everyone was super excited to see you get out there, um, mate. Talk to us a little more about the club. And the role that they've played. So, talk to us about who's the biggest clown at the footy club. <laughs> Give us a bit of inside word here. Come on, if there's one, if there's a more reputable man to talk about it, I've probably never heard his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, the, the club has been huge for me over the last few years. Kept me contracted, and their support's been amazing. In terms of clown, oh, I don't know. There's a, there's a few boys that get around. I mean, I think everyone knows Dan Hannibal. He's, Bit of a mess. He's king clown, Dan Hannabry, apparently. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, me and Hunter sort of grew up together. We went to school and that together. Um, so, we've got a pretty close relationship. But, yeah, I don't know. If you asked any of the other boys, they'd probably say me, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so. Jim and I'm a mental case to, to keep going <laughs> for what I've done with my knees and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a great bunch of boys to, to be playing with. It's a, it's a great organisation to be involved with. 
Yeah, well, that's that's why we love it so much, Al. So, Saturday night in the off-season, of course. Uh, it never happened during the season, Al, but you, you want to you head out, you want to have a, a fairly sizable evening. Who's the first person you're calling? Who's the best late-night uh, specialist in the uh, in the Bloods? Oh, yeah, there's a few again, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a few towards him and on the ball. Some of my closer mates are probably Nick Newman and Harry Cunningham that I'd, you know, I always look to have a beer with whenever we get the opportunity. So those two guys are usually there at the end, which is which is always good. And um, you know, some of them, Jay McGrath as well. He's, he's he's pretty good too. He's, he's always good to sit down and review. Mate, I've always wondered, you went to Xavier, as did uh, Josh Kennedy, as did Hannes, as you mentioned. Uh, there's a couple other Melbourne private school boys up at the Swans. Cal Sinclair went to Caulfield. And is there a little bit of... Um, Little bit of banter regarding the old days, first eighteen footy in the APS. Oh yeah, always. I mean, because I come from a private school in Melbourne, and uh, you know, obviously, yeah, they, they thought I had a privileged upbringing. That sort of thing. Which, you know, I did have a great upbringing with mum and dad, but um, but yeah, there is a little bit of banter. I think it's, it's more left to Carl Sinclair and Josh Kennedy days. <laughs> they took on the flags. About uh, yeah. Mate, uh, Jude Bolton interviewed you for Channel 7 after the game the other night. Last time you took the field in an AFL match, he was a teammate of yours in the 2012 Grand Final. A lot of ch- lot's changed in footy in the past six years. What do you think are the biggest differences between 2012 and now? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I've been asked a little bit, I suppose. So I think the biggest thing for me on Saturday night was just the speed of the game, just getting back into it and getting used to it again. That's something that probably hasn't changed too much because it's it's always been really quick. Um, yeah, look, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, they've put, you know, they're talking about the congestion and those types of things. Obviously, the scoring isn't as high as it used to be. But um, the basis of footy is still there. And you look at you know, Richmond, who won the flag last year. Their, their game plan is as simple as anyone. It's a, it's a territory game, and they just, just get as much pressure as they can and get as many of the boys to show up to every contest as possible. And, and they're, they're doing it better than anyone, really. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really believe that it's changed too much in, in the time I've been out. Alex, oh, cop, cop that, Gil. <laughs> cop that one. <laughs> Alex, just one more and then we'll let you go and enjoy your Tuesday night. Um, this weekend against Melbourne, it's another massive game for the Swannies. It was a 96-point win over the Gold Coast for Melbourne last week. You played on Big Mason Cox, held him to just one goal on Saturday and you probably got Jesse Hogan or Tom McDonald this weekend. What do you think are going to be the major keys for us to focus on this week to get over the line against the Dees? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a huge game. I mean, you know, the next three games for us are a must-win to, to secure ourselves in a, in a finals position. Uh, it's, a, it's such an even season, and there's, you know, only percentage splitting fourth and eighth at the moment. So it is really even. Uh, I think it's just going to be... We're just going to have to bring as much pressure as we can. Obviously, the G is a bigger ground than the SCG. So, you know, it's, it's just about making sure we maximise the pressure on, on the Ds. They've obviously had a good win against the Gold Coast. Uh, which you know a few weeks ago, you know, got the win over us, which wasn't wasn't an ideal day for the footy club. But um, yeah, I think we're just going to have to bring that and, and make sure we, we take the game on as well. I think what we showed in the third quarter against Collingwood, we were able to beat one of the informed teams in the competition. You know, five goals to nothing in the third quarter was was pretty impressive. So we bring that sort of attitude and 
that game plan, I think we uh, I think we should be all right. You've got a pretty good record at the J at the moment, mate. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we'll come out on top. Yeah. Yeah, oh. that's right. Hopefully we can. Hopefully we can get it done. Oh, my best of luck for the weekend, Alex. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's incredible what you've done, and it was awesome to see you back out there in the red and white. And best of luck for the rest of the season and beyond, mate. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, AJ. Take care. Footballing story of the decade. Yeah. How about that, Alex Johnson? There, true blood faithful, footballing faithful. Everyone knows about his story, and no one can knock him. No one can knock him. Oh, how could you knock him? That's the most incredible effort. It's unprecedented. Five knee reconstructions, 2,100 days out of the game since his last game. He, he didn't quite um, fully embrace the notion that the game's changed a lot, but it certainly has since 2012, and he's done remarkably well to um, rehabilitate his body and get it right and be able to come back to what is a really fast-paced, um, physical, hostile game in 2018. And to be able to keep up uh, and be effective yeah. and actually be somebody who was you know, going to help us win, not just like, uh, here you go, have a game. It's been a long time. And no, he was on the weekend. He yeah, held Mason he, to one. He, he had 11 intercept marks. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah, it was really good to see. A fantastic story. Warmed our hearts. I was just thinking the exact same mm. thing. That's, mm. Geez, we're on cue. We are. Well, that's our Alex Johnson interview. Hope you enjoyed that. True Blood's faithful. Uh, we're going to go to another we're break. Not, we're not going to cheapen the Alex Johnson interview by having obscure by letting, yeah, Tommy, no. by letting Tommy get his three, pump the chest out and roar. Oh, I know more about the 1920 City Swans players than you boys. No, we can obscure <laughs> next week. We'll, we'll leave that for this week. And we'll get into our third segment right after this break. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. We bred a brand of football. We wanted to go in with um, putting more pressure on the opposition. We were able to double our tackle total from the week before. Um, if you look at the best teams in the competition, that's, that's what they do. They put enormous pressure on the opposition. They win the contested ball. Melbourne this week are top three on tackles and number one a contested ball. Um, they play a really good, strong brand of football that stands up generally over a period of time. And, and we've got to make sure that we don't stray from that. We need to make sure we get back to that. And um, on the weekend, still some things we can work on and get better at. Uh, we know that. Um, but if it's on the back of you know, strong pressure of the opposition, it allows you to be able to make those tweaks and it's um, certainly something to work with. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now we've got another massive game this Sunday against Melbourne at the MCG and we've got another special guest in the studio. This man's the host of another great Podular Media production, The Debrief. Check that out, D's fans, if you haven't already. Don't know how many D's fans we've got listening to True Bloods, but oh, I have thought might be a couple. Many, Tom. Adrian Horton. I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. The, the real major attraction of tonight's show, not AJ. <laughs> <laughs> now I am, I am good friends with Alex and it's weird because he is easily one of the most inspiring people I know, but also one of the most annoying people I know, all wrapped in one. <laughs> but what a great story, uh, boys! Great that story you had of the a, decade. Footballing great story that you had of a, the decade. Had a bit of a chinwag to him. I wasn't privy to what was spoken in that conversation between you all, so I look forward to listening to that one later. Yeah. But it is, it's incredible, and um, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit emotional watching it with a few <laughs> friends 
on Saturday night because that was a sensational win. You really pulled it out of nowhere. I thought you were absolutely gone. So kudos to Sydney for rallying and showing a bit of ticker. That's what we do. That's what uh, we don't. (laughs) Well, that's that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think that's probably something that you've been missing out on the last couple of years. Would you say that's fair, Adi? The the old ticker? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I say this to you all the time. We chowed down on a bit of pizza before together and we, we had a conversation about it. And Melbourne, for me, is still mentally fragile. And I think the only team that can beat Melbourne on Sunday is themselves. Because, unfortunately, boys, I don't really rate Sydney this year. I think you've been too well, Jekyll and Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because you also raw. said, you said, you also said on the debrief. Yeah. Oh, you listened. Oh, hold on was. a minute. Hold the Sydney phone. was We've still got 80s pick for the flag. This oh, is a couple of weeks ago, but don't a turn it around. I think it was a couple of months ago. <laughs> probably, probably before we got done by Gold Coast, I'd say. Yeah, I, re- I thoroughly enjoyed that win, by the way, for the Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> yeah, two, probably two months ago, because I even heard it on SEN today. People are talking about who are the challenges. It's really tough. Like, we can't figure out who's got enough in the tank, uh, quality, depth as well, which is a big area of concern for a lot of teams, including Melbourne, because, of course, we're missing Jack Viney. Um, who knows what happens with Michael Hibbard. He's a little bit underdone. We've got a few other players that are playing through a pain barrier. I get a few murmurs uh, coming through the debrief from different people that are tied to the club. And I think health-wise, there's a lot of teams you've got question marks on. Yep. But it was probably, yeah, probably seven, eight weeks ago, I thought the only true thing, true bloods, nice little pun there, was Sydney. I genuinely thought that Sydney were the only team with the experience and know-how, great coaching staff, and then also some ticker, which we don't have, that could get to the, the final Saturday in September. Now I don't have a bloody clue who it is. And I don't think it's us, just to put it on the don't record. You? No. Can, you, can you sit there and, and say, in all honesty, that you don't believe that you can win the flag this year? Um, I'm a firm believer that we're too raw still. And unfortunately... Isn't that kind of what you need? I think that's essentially what you need at, oh, at you, this point in time. I just think the the sense of expectation around Melbourne to deliver is far too much, hence why we see some mental fragility. And for me personally, that's all I'm looking for on Sunday. I just want to see us come out all guns blazing. Our first quarters have been deplorable all season long, except for finally on Sunday against Gold Coast. We had a rip snorter of a quarter against you know what was admittedly a pretty average side. You could almost say they were VFL equivalent. But... I just, for me personally, when the going gets tough, Melbourne just go to water. And yeah, I'm still not convinced that we've jumped a hurdle. It's your stability on the back foot. You look at the great mm-hmm. sides over the last couple of years. Yeah. They're great offensive sides, but they can they can stand up defensively as yep. well, right? And yep. they're the sides that have been competing for, competing for premierships. And yep. I just don't see the strength in the Ds when they're on the back foot. They are certainly very aggressive and they run hard. Yet they haven't been on the back foot recently. They've won four out of the past five. Uh, 96-point win, as you alluded to, against the Gold Coast on the weekend. The only loss in the last five weeks was to Geelong down at the Cattery by two points. So, and and it's no shame doing run. that. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but that's plenty, plenty of confidence, plenty of firepower in, in the D's lineup at the moment. So you probably should be able to ride that wave of momentum. Well, that's, that's the thing. And also, I was saying to 80 before, mm. if you want to know how to beat us, you just watch that Essendon game. Yeah. And I, I feel Melbourne play a very similar style of extremely out-and-out attacking football. Yeah, we it's do. Going to, be, yeah. uh, going to make for hopefully a good contest, but it's it's certainly worrying from where I'm sitting. Oh, well, I think the big thing for Sydney is you want to make it ugly, uh, but it's hard because Melbourne are the best 
in in an underside number one in in stoppages, uh, which is what we're teams. used to hang our hat on. Exactly. So. so it's hard with Melbourne, but if you can pen us in and force some mistakes um, at half back, Melbourne's half back on your half forward line, and your pressure from your small forwards is is up and about. That's that's the best way to beat Melbourne, and we saw that with uh, the game against Port Adelaide. Unfortunately, we had I think it was an extra thirty inside fifties in that contest yet found a way to lose because Port's pressure was just insane. So yeah. if you can get enough numbers around the ball and pressure us, uh, that's probably our biggest weak spot. And I think Sydney, uh, maybe you still got that in your system, but I just look at some of your, your younger players and your bottom six um, and, you know, a few players like Tom McCart and Will Haywood, um, who actually, I actually rate these boys. Ben Ronk, I don't think he'll have as bad a game as he did last week. No. He actually had a migraine in the third quarter, didn't play the rest, of, go. rest and the, of the game. And the other yeah, thing with well. him is he, he loves the G boys. He loves the G. We've seen Ooh, what he, he, seen what he can G80. do. We've seen what he can do. Um, so I think there's a, there was a number of players last week that played for Sydney that I don't think will put in stinkers again because I think you blokes have got to be honest with yourself. If you didn't have a buddy in inspired form, there's no way in the world you'd probably win that I'm, game. I'm very honest about that. And speaking of the yeah. big fella, who's going to go to him, Omac or Sammy Frost, do you reckon? Oh, it has to be Frost. I think if it's Omac, yeah. um, it's suicidal. He could get six kicked on him easily. I like Oscar, but Oscar needs to work on a few different areas of his game. Uh, positional awareness is just absolutely awful. Like you're a defender. You get paid week in, week out to figure out where <laughs> to position your body, and he still hasn't. he still hasn't come to terms with it. Has to be Frost. Frost is the only athlete that can go with another athlete, but not even an athlete. Like, Buddy's one of the all-time greats. Beyond athlete. He, running around with Buddy last Correct. week tore Darcy Moore's hamstring. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's The man's on Pluto sometimes, and he's unplayable. Um, and I think he'll gain some great confidence, obviously, from kicking six last week. So there's only one bloke that can go with him. And if Sam Frost goes down, I think we're in a, a whole heap of trouble. It's, yeah, it's I, funny. About, go for it, yeah, sorry. sorry. I worry for, mm. for the D's if he gets two or three early and you make the move to put McDonald mm. back there and you lose the firepower at forward. It I think if we yeah. can make that happen, mm. I reckon if we can make that happen, that's that's a huge, huge win for the first half. I agree. I think fast start for Swans is absolutely crucial because I know Melbourne have lost a few leads um, and we can concede goals at will and I still think we haven't rectified a few things defensively. I think the biggest thing for us on Sunday, and there'll be a massive crowd there, and Melbourne know that if they get a win, they're pretty much home and hose to play finals, hoping a couple of results go our way, which should yeah. in the run home for some of which the other teams. Which yeah. wouldn't be the first time you've thought that. True. Uh, but I, I, I think if you come out of the blocks and get a good start on us, uh, that's where some of the doubts will start to creep in. I think if Melbourne make a good start and they, uh, you know, they progress into the game well and, and they improve and... Our third quarters have been sublime. It's our best quarter. We come out after halftime, really take the, the game by the scruff of the neck. You'd want to be you'd want to be in and around the mark with this, if not a couple of goals in front, to have have a good opportunity against us, I reckon. When you blokes have your tails up, it's you're the most dangerous side in the competition. So I think a fast start, as you said, is absolutely key. Yeah, definitely. I think we're looking for that. Uh, Nathan Jones is speaking about it today in his press conference. Uh, with Melbourne Media, uh, basically just said that the boys are excited by, by the opportunity to come out, breathe some fire, put some heat on early in the game. Something we didn't do earlier in the year, but good to see us actually do it on Sunday. So hopefully they can see that through. But I'm not confident with our, our first half performances. They've been, to be honest with you, they've been very average throughout the whole year. Midfield battles are obviously going to be 
pretty critical. The likes of Oliver, Brayshaw and Jones against Kennedy, Parker and Heaney. And then the ruck battle, Sinkers and Gorney is absolutely critical. Did, Huge. Do, do you feel like uh, the Oliver, Brayshaw, Jones types, they're in good enough form to take down what has been a great midfield for a long time at the Swans? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that's the biggest plus for us at the moment. Like you look at Gorn and Oliver. It's, it's scary what these blokes are doing in tandem. And then the other one that's come through that for some people was a little bit unexpected, but he's my boy, and I'm going to claim this one. And everyone knows this on the debrief, Angus Brayshaw, who wears a number 10. Um, he's a phenomenal footballer and just someone that had to get out in the park. He had four concussions in 12 months. He's come back. He's shown everyone what he's all about. He's a high draft pick. Um, he, you know, He's someone that's always had the talent. He just needed the continuity in his game, and he's fearless, and he's he's a strong character. So I think... Um, if we can win the contested ball like we have been most weeks and Gorn gets a, a stranglehold on, on the ruck duel and makes uh, sinkers accountable the other way, I, I fear for the Swans seriously. But if you can break even, then you've got a great opportunity against Melbourne because when teams break even with this, they've always got a chance of scoring against us because our defence is still a little bit dodgy. So you're going to have to hope that you put in a big performance in the middle. Speaking of defence, our defence has been renowned as one of the best in, in the competition. It's tough to get through us. Do you think Hogan, Tom McDonald and your smalls are going to be able to push through the likes of Alir, Alir and Ramps and um, the, the boys at the back for the Swannies? Yeah, and a guy like Alir, Alir. He's been amazing. Mate, he's been incredible. Full, arguably the former player of the comp. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think he's a superb footballer. He was one of the best players on the park last week for me against the Pies. I absolutely love him. He's fearless. He been, reads, he's been one of the best players he, on the park he for the reads, last four weeks. He reads the game so well. And the other one I was, I was saying um, to Mads is um, Nick Smith. Mm. Nick Smith is one of the most underrated players. He's very similar to uh, Lord Neville Jetta for us. Lord Neville. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't speak about them. Um, in... They just do their job time and time yeah, again. Yeah, they do their job, but I think they deserve a little bit more kudos. And Nick Smith's an absolute gun. So I agree with you. I think defensively, if Melbourne just can bo- aimlessly bomb away, which has been a big bugbear. Oh, Melbourne we do that too. Don't worry. If we do that into our forward fifty, Lear Lear is going to have a day out. Dan Dane Rampy will have a day out, and also Nick Smith. So I think lower, lowering the eyes for Melbourne is important. But the two players you talk about, T Mac and and Hogs. Obviously, you know, guns for us in the forward line, both going to kick 50-plus this year. The two players that are key to us are actually Jeffy Garlett and uh, Charlie Spargo because they're the blokes that apply all the pressure and create those those opportunities from turnovers. So if those two boys are on and they're up for up for the challenge, I reckon that's where we can really get you. I was going to ask you about Spargo and Bailey Fritch as well. Those two have been fantastic first-year players this year. Maybe um, give us a little bit of insight for the Swans fans uh, who might not have seen a bit much yeah, of them. Yeah, well, Bailey Fritch is an absolute stick. Um, he's about my my uh, frame, I reckon. He's operating at about... like I think, Tall and thin. Tall, tall and thin, very, for those that can't see. Very tall and thin. So he's operating at about, I think it's... I think he's only at 74 kgs, probably 188, 189 centimetres. Very slight. Unbelievable skills. First-year player that was playing for Casey last year. Kicked 42 goals, which was third in the VFL kicking charts. Um, Just reads the game perfectly. Traditional footballer. And it's great to see clubs finally starting to get back to recruiting footballers, not these athletes or these project players. It pisses me off. So Bailey Fritch is one of them. Um, and then the other one, Spargo, is like third or fourth generation. VFL, mm. AFL, runs in the blood, uh, f- has a se- serious fierceness for the contest. Um, and he's pint-sized. He's a tiny little fella. I think he's only about five foot eight or five foot seven. Uh, but he's got great skills. Only really has about 10 to 11 touches a game. But 
everything he does with the ball is he has an impact. Impactful. Very impactful. So I I expect Spargo in three or four years to move more into the midfield, you know, become even more influential, get his twenty, twenty two. Um but Good goal sense and already a fan favourite, and we like to call him Spargy Pants. So no more Spargo from now on. Spargy Pants. Good lord. Aaron Vandenberg back in the side. He's mad takes Melbourne fans, doesn't he? <laughs> what do you think? To about- be fair, I think a lot of other clubs' fans hate Mads as well. I think he's been a bit of a serial pest over the years. Yeah, I heard about a certain incident. Oh, okay. didn't we all? Yeah, didn't we all against, against the Essendon fans? Oh. Anyway, uh, Aaron Vandenberg. Yeah, he's back. He's had a long layoff, but he's a pretty important player that's going to improve you in the back end of the year. Yeah, he will. There's the jury's out whether he's in our best twenty-two, but. The reality is we've got three or four of our best 22 out, so he probably just fits into the side. Um, yeah, he's a good player. He works his socks off. Um, he's a tackle tackling maniac, so he's a bit of a ball. So he'll add a bit of steel in the midfield on the weekend. But, um, yeah, the, the fans love him, but I think we've overhyped him way too much. I don't think he's as good as we've made him out to be, but that's Melbourne fans for you. We've got to hang well, out on something. Well, I was about to say, that is, that's kind of characteristic <laughs> of a lot of Melbourne fans, sort of hyping, hyping everything well, up a little well, bit. I'm going to put it back to you. What, what do you guys think of Melbourne fans, generally? Well, I, my, my perception is skewed, but that's because I've, you know, I have, uh, I've been in the Frank Gray. Yeah. Uh, in you know three win seasons, cheese for, platters for no, not quite cheese platters. I wasn't there for that. Uh, I would have been absolutely chomping at the bit yeah. to get a hold of that guy. But for example, I remember. What would you do to him? I remember. Hold on, just about throw him off. Just about throw him off. Just about just about throw him off the balcony. Um, when I was in the Frank Gray, it was I think it was probably 2014, and it was a really tight game against the Dons. Okay. Yep. Talk to me. Late in the game, yeah. these went straight down the middle, ended up hitting uh, hitting Salem, who nailed the match winning goal. Okay, and there was beer going everywhere, and it was so it was fantastic. It was an amazing party because the D's were just having a nightmare. I have a very very soft spot for the D's because of how poor they've been. Thank you. That being said, you have so many horrid supporters. Yep. That really make it tough but, to keep liking the days. But the other thing I'll say is, and there's an amazing statistic for everyone else to laugh at and for us to just hang our heads in shame and just feel <laughs> depressed. But since 1965, we're roughly about 70-odd wins off St Kilda who are in ninth for all of the traditional VFL clubs from Victoria, right? So since we last won a flag, not only are we about 70 wins off St Kilda, uh, we're also 11 premierships off Hawthorne during that period. So I'll show you the table after. It doesn't make for fond reading. Hawthorne have got something like an extra 300 wins over us in that time. Don't forget, Ooh. we didn't make a final series for 23 years mm-hmm. from 65 to 88 or 87 was when we got in, but it was a 23-year absence. We haven't made finals for 12 years, so I put it to people, and this is a way of looking at it a bit differently, the fact that we got 45,000 members and our crowds are actually still pretty good, they're better than what our membership base reflects, tells you that we've been through so much shit and there's still people rocking up. I reckon we're pretty resilient and uh, a pretty proud club when you consider how much crap we've been through. Yes, I would agree. You but there were also time there were also times where it was a pretty bare stand. Yeah, and I think I think the problem for us is we've had to glorify individuals because we've had nothing else. We haven't had the silverware, the success. But we, uh, let's just go back on so that. I think we've had to. Makes a very good point. Like re- resilience. Uh, <laughs> 
It's a long time where it was an empty MCG. I know, I know we're clutching at straws, <laughs> but I, I've, I've I've seen us lose by 186 yeah. points, and I've been. I've, uh, Jeez, I've, that was a dark day. It, it was. I can uh, run you through the What's circumstances he? if you've got What's a, an hour. I'll tell Giggling you, away in the stands. I'll tell you what, idea. Good luck. I was at the uh, I was at the London Tavern, uh, the last game. Now, that, of... now there's an establishment. No, no, no. Don't go there. Yeah. No, no, no. We what? want we want them in finals. <laughs> we want the, we want that team in finals. I actually that spoon-fed team that just gets. So much money thrown at them for their infrastructure down at that stadium, friggin' Geelong. It's it's absolute crap. It kills me. They are they are the AFL's pet, Tommy. Geelong, they are, and no one. I don't think people talk about it enough. I'm sick of Geelong. Geelong are becoming one of my most hated teams. To be honest with you, I've never hated them. I only hate three teams, and you're not one of them. I actually like Sydney, but Geelong <laughs> is starting to creep in. I think it's not fair that Opt- Carlton can't play games at Optus Oval and Geelong get to. I agree. Agreed. Eight, nine yeah. games a year down there. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. And, and if that's the case, Carlton are probably an extra three, four games better off. There's more confidence about the place. They feel like they might be actually heading somewhere. We know they aren't. I don't think their list is what people have made it out to be. Brisbane are going to be bloody good yep. while we're at it and in two yep. years. And, you know, you look at also the advantage of a home ground mm. and you look at you look at Melbourne versus... Melbourne not for ver- you guys. Mel- no, no, Melbourne versus... <laughs> no, yeah, not, absolutely not this, not, not this year. No <laughs> fortress at the SCG. You'd almost want to play us there. Yeah. Um, you look at Melbourne versus Richmond. There's mm. no home ground advantage because it's both home grounds. But with Geelong, it's actually a bit different. It's quite skinny yep. uh, and long. Yep. And it actually and very does windy. Pl- have an impact on... On the outcome of the match. Yep. Definitely. So yeah, I, I personally, I, I'm actually on board with what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's absolute bullshit. And the other thing <sighs> that I don't like, the other thing I don't like, is when Geelong kicked up a fuss about having to go to the G and play against Richmond last year, you reckon? Yep. last year. It's the, the exact same point that you're talking about. You get your eight nine games down there, and invariably about six of them against some of the poorest teams in the comp, and they'll they'll say that it doesn't make a difference because they don't know where those teams are going to finish throughout the season. No, it's true. They weight it towards trying to get the worst teams from the previous season to play them down at Geelong. Um, and the other thing is, it's commercial beast, and you've got to. The, the fact of the matter is, you've got to sell tickets for your club. You've got to make more revenue. So Hundred thousand seats gonna, at the G. So of course they're going to play it at the MCG. So shut up, Geelong. They're starting to kill me. Fair, wha- fair whack for Geelong, I reckon. We go. don't have a Geelong podcast, a Podular, so don't, don't worry. <laughs> we'll get one next season and whack them. Whack them with no repercussions. It's good. Yeah. Um, this weekend, how do you how do you feel like the game's going to be won? If the D's are to get over the line, it puts you in a magnificent position and with two rounds to go, and it looks like you're just about locked in to make finals. If you can knock us off, um, how do you think it's going to be won? What's going to be the key factors beating the Swannies? Uh, it just comes back to contested ball and, and using the ball well inside 50. So most teams know that when they play Melbourne, Melbourne are going to beat them in the inside 50 count and sometimes beat other teams considerably. So I think for us, it's just lowering the eyes, being clever with our ball use inside 50, moving it quickly to unsettle your defence because your defence is really stable and I actually do rate the hell out of it. Um, and I think just our, our pressure game is everything to us. Um, if we can trap the ball in as much as we can, we'll give ourselves a great chance. I think on the flip side, if we do bomb it aimlessly, we do give Alir Alir and Rampy a chance to just chop it off and young AJ. Uh, then I think you guys are in with a with a chance. Um, and then the other thing is, if you can just construct some quick ball movement from your back half, and our pressure's lacking. Couple of rebound fifties. Couple of couple of rebound fifties. I think you'll get us because when we're split and defending in transition, we play. 
quite a high line. And as we know, and the G's from... the widest ground in the land. Um, if you can do that consistently and isolate us in 3v3s, 4v4s when we're defending, tracking back to goal, you could you can easily beat us because we're one of the worst teams defending in transition. We're bloody terrible. I think our weaknesses are very, very similar to yours, to yeah. be honest. And, and I think if we if we uh, we've been saying it all year Tommy um but if our ball movement inside 50 is more precise and we lower our eyes we hit targets i think it could be a really really big night for our small forwards our mosquito fleet Benny because they've been pretty quiet Ronk's the man of like Ronk is the man he's the man Haywood's the him. man uh yeah I, I, I guess so um I don't know like is is Ronk where would you rank him in term in terms of your forwards is well he don't ask Tommy because Tommy gave him a right yeah clear Tommy, 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 Tommy does basically Tommy doesn't right. he's, just, he's just mad to is my he, man is yeah. he a third is he a third best forward uh, Tommy wants him dropped uh well, yeah well Butter be number one obviously and then you'd have Haywood probably as a second McCartan mm. is our second tall but he's probably third mm. and then you've got Ronks and Papley Perhaps. running yeah. around as well okay. Yeah, I sure. think um, it's potentially a job for... Yeah, Lord Neville could get him and do a number on him. Uh, but Ronk, Ronk's an exceptional talent, someone I really like. But the other boy I like that was really down last week is uh, Florent. Flo. Yeah. We love Flo. Yeah, I, I rate him. And I think there's a there are a number of players last week that, that didn't play very well. Um, and I think they'll step up. Even Isaac Heaney was a little bit down last week. He was. Week. Yep. So I think, important mark that he took to finish off the game. Yeah, right? But and, you had yeah, a lot of players down on form, lot. which is a good thing because they'll look to respond... In in what's obviously a massive game, they've got a lot of room for improvement. Bit so upside. I think, yeah, there's a lot of upside for some of your players that were down. Plenty last of week. upside. Tommy, yeah, it's, a good, it's good to win ugly too. It's, it's interesting when you when you bring up Florent and you think about how influential he was at the start of the season. And I think uh, as we start, because we struggled to get going, and he was just kind of this free roaming and just doing whatever he wanted, and was actually being quite damaging with all his possessions. I think. Eventually, people sort of cottoned onto it, and they went, "Come on, guys! This guy, this kid's played like twenty games. Yeah, this, this, this someone go child. to him. Someone yeah. go to him and just put him out." Yeah, you know. So I think now we are starting to see him being slightly well held, curtailed, curtailed indeed, as they like to say. Yeah, I think we'll get it done, but it won't be easy. You're not confident though, are you? Oh, we're Melbourne Football Club for a reason, so. I don't know. I, I think we'll get it done by maybe three goals, but I think it'll be tight throughout. We might pull away towards the end, which is something we haven't done. So we might see a mature Melbourne finally uh, prove their worth. I'm going to make a big call and say George Hewitt keeps Clary under 25 Swans win. There you go. I don't mind Clary that. under 25. Will it be a cliffhanger? It could. These are in good enough, Nick, to definitely make this a cliffhanger. You could beat us by 10 goals if we don't rock up. It's... It's a 50-50 game, I would say. But at you this can't. Point. What you're basically alluding to there is you, you can't see Swans smashing Melbourne. You think you'll probably get it done in a tight one, but you can see Melbourne potentially smashing Swans. It depends if Buddy gets away. Like the the job that he's done on Buddy is going to be pivotal to that opportunity, whether whether that can happen or not. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Buddy. It, it's <laughs> it's funny. The floor's yours, Madison. Well, it just it doesn't seem to make sense this heel injury because it seemingly on Saturday night he was completely free moving. Injection. Yeah, but like, yeah. Then do it every week for God's sake. Yeah, give him an injection every week. Yeah, well. If I'm a Melbourne fan or a Melbourne backman, so if I, or, or Frosty or Omac, who do you want to be? Do you want to be Frosty? Do you want to be Neville? Do you want to, to be, be honest, Hibbo? I I almost don't. 
want to be any of them. Do you want to be... A, which Melbourne <laughs> player would you be? Oh, well, let's throw that one around the room. Which Melbourne player would you be if you could be one of them? Who would you be? Max Gorn. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Gorny. Would you sure. be Gorny as well? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I just... You know, I really like uh, I really like Petrarca. Okay, you can be track then. You're track. Who would I be if I was a Swanee? Uh, I'd probably be tall, ungainly, Sam (laughs) Rampey. I'd probably be Dane Rampey. He's a jet. He's my man. Yeah, he's a very good player. Anyway, it's enough shit talking. (laughs) We need this win, not only for Melbourne's sake, but for my family's sake, because my cousins are massive Swans fans, and I've only been to one grand final, and it was your famous. Drought breaking flag win. Unreal. Is. Enjoyed that. Uh, so I got a little bit of a soft spot for Sydney, but I need this because I need to give my cousins plenty after it. As I was going to say, I reckon if I'm a Melbourne defender, I'm having nightmares about what Buddy did on the weekend. Because if he gets off the leash, well, we I don't call starts to get. We don't call Sam Frost goat for no reason. So you'll figure that out in the weekend. <laughs> they don't call Buddy goat for no reason. Actually, <laughs> it's goat v goat. It actually is. It's goat v goat. I might have to run that one on the debrief tomorrow. Hundred percent. Which uh, is another reason why I hate Melbourne fans because that shows how deluded we are. <laughs> no, I actually really like. Okay. I really like the debrief. <laughs> Goat v goat. We all all can't wait for Sunday. 3.20 it is at the MCG, Melbourne Footy Club, taking on the Sydney Swans Footy Club. And we'll be there. And Adi, you'll be there? I will be there. Yeah. Where will you be, Mads? I'll be uh, in New York City, actually. Right. (laughs) In New York. Got to get on the live stream. I know that I've already scoped out a uh, a pub in in Manhattan that uh, that shows every single game. So. You'll be in New York. Oh, I'm not used to this. Um, <laughs> yes, I will. I'll be in New York. Okay, fair I'll enough. Be in New York, so Wait, for how long? Uh, five weeks. Oh, five weeks. Oh, so you yeah, that true, blood faithful. So clearly, yeah. so you clearly booked knowing that you wouldn't make September. <laughs> clearly, yeah. clearly, that's a clever guy. Yeah, I know. That's I've a clever guy. Got it off all my well, Melbourne, I'm Melbourne supporting. Do you, want right. to, do you want to hear this before we go? I book a trip to Bali. With the misses, first one over there, and I've always been against Bali. I'm like, nah, I don't want to go there. It's tacky. It's generic. All the Aussies go there. I'm going there at 5.45. I leave p.m. on a Sunday. I was hoping that the AFL wouldn't schedule our game against GWS. At 3.20 on a Sunday, they uh, released the fixture last week. They did. So I'm if Melbourne are playing off to make finals, I'm literally sitting, waiting for the plane to jet off at the very end of the game. So I'm hoping wow. and praying we beat you and then we can just live. You're hoping for a run and gun fourth quarter with zero uh, with zero added time. Because I can't do sitting, waiting on a plane if Melbourne still have to make the finals. <laughs> that is a horrible situation to be in. And I'm an idiot for booking it. But anyway, hopefully my missus doesn't hear this. Should have gone first class, mate, so you get the Wi-Fi. Oh, bloody <laughs> hell. I, I've I royally stuffed up on that one. But anyway, we'll get there. Uh, it's Adrian Horton. It's been magnificent to have him in yes. the studio, and we do wish him and his team the best of luck. Well, do we? Do we no, really wish really him the best don't. of luck? No, no probably really. not. We go the Swannies for this weekend, mate, and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. If you are able to sneak into the finals, hopefully we see you there. Beautiful, boys. It's been great to be in my studio talking to you <laughs> about the Swannies and the Ds. Now, it'll be a great clash. It'll be close, but the Ds will just get it done. There you go. Don't know if they will, AD, but thanks for coming on the show. Anyway, that was AD Horton, the host of The Debrief, another fantastic podcast here at Podular Media. And um, now we're going to get right stuck into the remainder of the games in around 20. 
Uh, and there's a few absolute corkers that are on the agenda in the AFL this round, and it's going to start up uh, on Friday night. This one's not a corker, but uh, we've, we've got to bear with another shitty Friday night game. This one, Essendon taking on St Kilda, 7.50pm, Etihad Stadium. Bombers? Essendon. Yeah. Uh, I don't like picking Essendon, but yeah, Essendon. Uh, Hawks and the Cats. There's a grudge match if I've ever seen one. They don't like each other. Watch Hawthorne touch up the Cats. Yeah? Yeah. They were pretty they were pretty switched on against the Tigs, Mads. And that I I think they're garbage, but they really they had a go. Yeah. Haw- Hawkins, I had a right crack. Hawkers Hawkins in rare nick in the last Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Last fortnight. Absolutely. And then playing with some confidence, which he realistically has not had. Yeah. At almost any stage of his career. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about unfulfilled potential. Uh, it will be the Hawthorne Hawks because, as good as Tom Hawk is right now, I he, reckon he Benny kicked... Stratton and Bizarre. the boys down back will. Hawkins only kicked him. one last week. I thought, yeah. he, I thought he, but he fell he's, out but of form. He's, he's on rants as well. He's a great defender, playing one on one with him or not. Richmond defence is notoriously difficult to get through at the moment. Yeah, because yeah. now they play as one, not because Rance is some freak one-on-one yeah. defender. If you actually ask most Alex Rance, if you actually ask Alex Rance, he just doesn't want to play one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> he That's like, he's actually quoted as saying that. Well, people are quoted as saying that. Anyway, carrying <laughs> on. Well, I'm going to go to the Cats. Uh, speaking of Alex Rance, uh, Richmond are but taking garbage. On... Sorry, mate? But they're garbage. They're the... Yeah, no, no, but Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, no. I hate Hawthorne. Um... Richmond taking on the Suns, Metricon Stadium, two ten Saturday. Suns, what have you got? Suns. Wait, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Go out there, line up a couple of blokes. Yeah. Get eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, oh steady, saw, steady, steady. Saw some steady. great footage steady. during the week it's of uh, more, Stewie Jew. More. Stewie Jew talking talking to his charges just before they ran out. Um, I think it was for our game for the Sydney game. They had exclusive yeah. footage of. Um, Stewie Jew in the rooms pre-game talking to his charges, and he just sounds like a man who is seriously switched on about the the tactical side of the game, and um, it's one to check out if you well, have Hawthorne, some time to have a look at it. Hawthorne pulled him out of retirement to win a flat. Yeah, so I don't think there's any question about his prowess for the game. Yeah, the, the last time I saw that kind of footage though was uh, the Giants' first game and Sheedy. Yeah, I still remember what he said too. Do you remember the one uh, <laughs> Mark Neild, um, they let He let cameras into the room before one of Melbourne's oh, games. Do you no. remember that? And he's up oh, up on the whiteboard. No. <laughs> he's pointing at the whiteboard, going, "I want you to come off with blood running down your face." <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, oh was a, yeah. Look, well, I don't think there's any. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that since he left the Dons and them coming to form. I, uh, Coincidence, I would, much? Yeah, I, I don't think so, Tom. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's funny anyway. <laughs> um, Port Adelaide taking on the West Coast, 4.05pm. Interesting starting time there. Uh, Adelaide Oval, that one. Saturday now Arvo. missing a player who was arguably leading their best and fairest. Uh, now on the pine for eight weeks. Peace out, Gaffy. Yeah, yeah. Fairly, fairly uh, wretched. Well, Hall, more than, more Hall, than Buddy, uh, more than Barry. Sorry, Barry. Hall, but Hall got ten, seven for a, with a guilty plea, and that's why Hall was seven. Whereas Gaff really has been handed down. I'm pretty sure, like straight eight. Well, he tried to 
He tried to argue it. Tried to argue that he was provoked or gaff. Don't do that. Silly boy. Why did he do that? That's dumb. Who did? Gaff. 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 Oh, Silly boy. He, they, they pulled Dear. out all this footage and they were deliberating. I was listening to our mate Sam McClure on the way here. Um, they were deliberating. He's no man's friend, <laughs> Sam McClure. We'll get to him in a second. He said some funny things yesterday. Deliberating for an hour and a half about the provocation. I thought that was just a stupid thing. Just go in and say, yes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit him. Please give me my... It could have been over and done within 10 minutes. Yeah, it's interesting. But then again, I guess there are things that we're not privy to. But the last time it happened was Barry Hall. That's a long time yep. ago. And yep. and the... Um, Tom Bug. Well, yeah, no, but... Yeah, bu- Buggy, Buggy actually, six. actually. But, and yeah. Buggy's is more like... Uh, Buggy's is actually more like Hall's. Yeah, correct. Than, uh, than Gaff's. I think the other thing that works against Gaff is the fact that he clocked Brayshaw and kept running. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you didn't mean he to just, hit he him... He just kept going. If he you didn't mean to hit him in the head, you would have stopped and yeah. been like, oh, didn't really mean to do that. Ooh, and there's just there's just no leniency for acts like that in 2018. No. no and you know what? There can't be. With, yeah. the, with where they want to take the game and things like that. And you don't want... I mean, obviously, there was the good old days. Where that almost would have something like that would have Dermot just and lethal. Uh, and, yeah. Dermot, if, if someone like Dermot did that, it would have ended the game, right? They would have just said no, nah, no more. But at the end of the at the end of the day, you think about the, the the image that the game wants to portray and how they want to be family friendly, and it's this, it's that. You just can't have a guy no. taking a swipe at someone like that on on national TV. Yep. And I respect the fact that Andrew Gaff came out straight away and said, oh, I feel sick, I'm just so remorseful. You could I see it all over his face. Yeah. And also you re- saw him come off at three-quarter time and he was bullying his eyes out of the bench. And, and you also respect the fact that he's he a player going. with a completely clean record. He's never yeah, been exactly. fined. He's never been reported exactly. before. He's played 176 games. He has been a clean player. So you do give him a bit of kudos and credits for that. But, yeah, you can't, you can't you allow that act. can't. You can't do that. It was uh, un- it was an ugly an ugly sight. If he stays at West Coast, it's going to be an interesting derby next time they uh, come against each other. If he doesn't yes. stay at West Coast, I wonder if anyone in the West is going to cheer him when he goes over to Perth. Uh, Collingwood taking on the Brisbane Lions, seven twenty five pm. Eddie had Stadium Saturday. Eddie Pies had. to bounce back, you reckon? Yeah, Eddie had weird yeah. weird for a Collingwood home game. I reckon Pies bounce back here. Yeah, oh they, for sure they will. Yeah. All right, we'll move on from that one. Giants taking on the Adelaide Crows, 7.25 up in uh, Western Sydney. I'm tempted to say Adelaide here. Why is that? Just because... I'm absolutely not. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, they'd, they'd have their tails up big time. That was a really, really good game, the showdown. I watched that day of football. was just absolutely phenomenal, wasn't it? Um, and I just think that GWS... Have been hit with injuries again, just as they were hitting with form, hitting form. So, so the Crouch brothers and Gibbsy and these sort of blokes, yep. get it done. You reckon? Yep, I do. I'm still going to just lean towards the Giants. I reckon they've got, even with the injuries that they suffered on the weekend, they, they've got depth. Quality, their top end quality is so good, and they do have depth. They've got depth. They've got people that can that can cover these positions. And the reason that it sort of stands out is because you're like, oh, gee, Toby Green. Oh, God. There was three of them, that went, three others that went down as well. Yeah. They're Ruckman, who I, his name is escaping me, but he's apparently in quite good form as well. Not, I just don't watch But that's the reason games. you keep Dawson is, Simpson on a list. You keep yeah, Dylan exactly, Buckley on 100%, a list. And, and yeah. this is the thing. They're going to go up there. They're still in red hot form. Yeah. And Adelaide, Adelaide aren't. I think if you ask Josh Jenkins, they shouldn't have won the showdown. <laughs> well, 
What's what's your was, what was your thoughts on I, that? I liked it. I, I liked it. I loved Daisy Pierce's thoughts on it on game day. She yeah. she said it'd be a good idea if it hits the post and goes through for a goal. Just it's call a it a goal. goal. Yeah. If yeah. it hits the post, comes back right. into play. Yeah. Call it a point. So. League and Union. Yeah. yeah. I reckon 100%. that's every other game. It's like that. Comes right. back into play. It's play on. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm all for that. Yep. Uh, what I think though is that the system worked, but it failed the game. If that makes sense. The I the idea behind the system is that these kinds of situations are avoided. So, for example, bang, that hit the post. But the system itself actually did what it was supposed to do. The 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 guidelines that they set out is that if it is unless it is light and dark, clear as day, conclusive, just conclusive footage. You you run with the umpire's call. And the umpire right, said it was a goal. It, it's the right idea, but the technology is just nowhere near. It, it has. The the system has worked, but it has failed the game because it didn't do what it, it effectively didn't do what it was supposed to do. Yeah, it doesn't work quite like Hawkeye does in tennis or Hotspot does in cricket. Yeah, Snicko. Snicko. <laughs> yep, doesn't work like Snicko. Sadly, it just. But you know, we all watch these body score reviews, and these cameras that they're setting up. They're not even like a super slow mo in that sense, and I mean yeah. obviously, and like, it's grainy. It's, like in, it's so yeah. grainy. Oh, and you're getting motion sick watching this footage just go back and forth, it's back like, and forwards over like three three frames. It's Gil, like it's if like you're CCTV listening, footage from 1995. It's it's ridiculous. If you're listening, Gil, go with Daisy. Her idea is good. Yeah, it I is back good. it. If I you, back it. Gil, if you're listening. For God's sake, turn your attention from changing the rules to changing the bloody score review system. <laughs> That's it. Start in choosing where you invest your time, mate. And then resign. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, clip! Ah, that's and the best. That's the best clip of the year so far. Yeah, that is it. That's a, that's a right whack. <laughs> that's a that's a left jab, right hook combo. Gill is down for the count. <laughs> it's been shocking. Anyway, continue. <laughs> North versus the Bulldogs, one ten, Etihad Stadium, Sunday. North. I watched North. these two play last time, and Bulldogs put up a great fight, and North only just got over the line because of some Jack Siebel heroics in the last minute. But out we come, out we come. Oh, out don't start come. that again. It's the bloody longest song to listen to. Shut up. I'll tell you what, there's actually more spirit in their song than there is in the entire football club. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They'll win this weekend, though. They will. Jack Zabel in a rare vein of form as well. Uh, Going forward has been a revelation for him. But they were lucky to get away with that one. Well, his leadership is one of the reasons why they're a good side this year. They haven't been a good side. Suddenly, they're a good side. Ben Brown and Jack. Um, Last game of the round is Fremantle taking on Carlton Blockbuster over at Optus Stadium. Yeah. Uh, 2.40 p.m. Sunday. Um, can't see the Blues going over there and doing any damage considering they just got absolutely creamed by a giant side that had 16 they are, players. They are done. I, it's interesting, right? One of my best mates is a, is a Blues man and he knows his footy, he gets it, and he's on board with, with Bolton and the kids and the direction they're going. Trust he's not, he's a the blue process. believer. Trust the process. He's a blue believer indeed. <laughs> Tommy, unlike yourself, mate, your turn card. Anyway, carrying, carrying on. Anytime I'm with him, anytime I'm with him, I'm like, mate, come on, blues. It's It should not be as bad as it is. But he always comes out with something. He just goes, no, 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 but X, Y, Z. And you're like, yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, fair call. Like, good point. But I tell you what, you look at what happens in the AFL and a guy, for example, like Clarko, 
Everyone praises Clarko because he's just this incredible coach. And he always does this. He always does that. He cops a knock when he goes and has a coffee with Gil. The issue is that Brendan Bolton doesn't have enough coffees with Gil. <laughs> is that a clip on Brendan Gil Bolton? Would, Gil wouldn't answer his phone call. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, Brendan Bolton, the media is just always going to swarm on him because the fact is they are nowhere near a successful side right now. I agree. Plenty of talent. Guys like Fisher. Guys like, uh, like Crips. No, they're 100 years away. I think their talent is overrated. That's the thing. I think. Why? It, well, I just think well, everyone's they, overrated where they are. They're, they're so far off it. If you look at so, their average age, right, they're around the same as Melbourne, I think. But their median age is much, much lower. Because their, their average age gets dragged up by guys on the list. Simpson. <laughs> yeah, like Simpson, yeah. for example. But the rest of their their list is, you know, like 18 to 20. They are a seriously young side. Mm. Um, however, I do love the Blues. Tommy and I had a passionate conversation. It's amazing he still has so many feelings for the Blues. <laughs> Such a strong opinion of them. But um, I actually think that in a couple of years... Pending who they pick up in the next year or two in terms of A grade. Yeah. You know, a Dylan Shield, a Cornelio, whatever it is. But how can they do that? They don't have anything to give up. They got, they got, no one wants to go. No, there. They've got cap space. They've got cap space, but no no team's going to take Levi Casbolt for one of their gun players. <laughs> oh, that was, hey, hey, you know <laughs> what, though? Hey, you know what? Levi Casbolt staying was one of the worst things that could have happened to them. Arguably, arguably worse than Mark Murphy deciding to stay. He, he was their currency. Yeah. He was their currency. That that that's that's something I find alarming, Tommy. You could have you could have sold Mark Murphy to another club. Guys, take Mark Murphy. Is this is that? Easily. Yeah. 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 But now it's cool. Yeah, we'll give you that. We'll take Crips. <laughs> now, <laughs> back to what Mads was saying before, with it, overrating their youth. Opposed to you, who would you take out of Crips, Fisher, Mackay, or? Heaney, Florent, McCartan. If you were to take a trio, which one would you take? Would you take the Carlton one? Would you take the Swans one? Well, we're biased. Yeah, it, we're Swan yeah, supporters. Exactly. But also... But I'd take the Swans what... one. I'd take ours. I'd take Heaney and Florent and McCartan over Cripps, Fisher, Mackay. Any day of the week. Do you rate Wiedering? No. He's shit house. Yeah, mate, they all are. They're shit house. They're rubbish. <laughs> 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 mate, now, cruises now over the hill, gives his packed up ship and gone interstate. Mate, they're gone 100 years away. Did I tell you I beat Matthew Cruiser in a ruck contest? Did you? <laughs> School footy, St. Michael's first Loyola. Nice. He'd just gotten back from the AOS. Two of our ruckmen had been injured. I had to go in the ruck against him for a quarter. <laughs> I got belted around from pillar to post that quarter. I've never been more bruised in my life. And with about a minute to go in the quarter, he slipped. And I smashed that ball so far. <laughs> <laughs> got a hit out. Got, got a hit out. Got chaired off after that. Bloody hell. Was it a hit out to advantage? Hit out to advantage. Oh, how good is that? Yeah, that's oh, how good is that? I backed into a contest in house footy against, Zach, uh, against Jack Zabel. And the size that he is now is pretty much the size that he was in year 12. Yeah, he was always Jesus. a big boy. I used to play. And I went back with the flight with courage <laughs> or stupidity. And I got absolutely cleaned up. 
Yep, that'll, that'll well, happen. I used, I used to do Jack in the Pack with sinkers. How many marks do you reckon I took for my whole school life? <laughs> None. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy, I don't think it matters whether you went up against Jack or against, <laughs> against, against Cal Sinclair. I don't think you were taking many grabs. <laughs> I've seen you in those sports bet commercials, mate. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, tell us about the Neeful. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, Swanee's lost for the first time in a yeah, long time. So and, first, and they lost. First since round five. It has us dropping down to fourth place from second. Uh, but this Saturday, we play the second place Canberra at Phillip Oval in Canberra at midday. And if we can get the win, we'll jump back into the top two on the weekend. Uh, it was level pegging at was one point, the difference at quarter time. But Brisbane won every quarter after that and ran out pretty comfortable. Winners, 10 goal winners, 61 points it was in the end. Towers with two goals, Cameron two goals. Uh, Jay Rayner, two. Now, two. Relation? Uh, not sure. We'll check that up during the week. I'll have an answer for the True Bloods faithful next week. Uh, James Bell, Jake Brown also kicked goals. Cameron's Tower, Brown Maybaum in the best. So good on the reserves um, for this week. Let's, let's hope they... Uh, turn things around after that, that loss on the weekend. Yes, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, boys, this has been another bumper pod. It's been a bumper. It's been an unbelievably bumper pod. Thanks so much. Chocker for- block full of quality content, though. It- the man, AJ. What a highlight having him on. Thanks so Huge. much to Alex Johnson for coming on the program. Thanks we- to AD as well. Right. Yeah, we really appreciate both AJ and AD making time for us, being available for us to, to do that tonight. And- it's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. We're, we're absolutely chuffed that we're able to have both of them on the program. And Makes it all bloody worth it, doesn't it, it, Tom? It does, and that'll just about do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the program. This has been True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast, and that is it for another week. Can the Mighty Bloods for this massive game on Sunday against the Ds. Get down there to the G if you can. Make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks to Madison Clark and Ben Andrew, as always. It's always a pleasure to be here, Tommy. Thank you for having us. Tommy, just uh, just one of the bumper nights on the pod, isn't it? A bumper show it was. My name is Tommy Flanagan. It has been a pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media production.